Hey! I got to tell you, and I know you're feeling it if you come here regularly. I know you're feeling it. Look around. We are growing a church back from a global <laughs> pandemic. Woo! More and more people every I can't remember a time where I saw that many more people almost every week than when we were church planting 19 years ago. And it's just gonna continue. And if you're online, we're so glad you are. Thank you for being a part of our church family. When you're ready, come on out. But people are coming on out and I praise God for it. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you help me welcome the Sanford campus, the Garner campus, the Hillsborough campus, the Durham campus, the Kenya campus, and those of you online campus, welcome one and welcome all. So, you know, one of the things I, I think that I'm uh, trying to do, or I've been trying to do for the last year, is um, I've been dealing with the same thing that you've been dealing with. And so, as a communicator, it was really hard for me to go from preaching to a room that's packed and uh, knowing that the campuses are packed and then moving completely uh, off site. We never closed the church, but we went off site. So, then I'm, then I'm talking to a camera. If you know me, you know that I like people, so I like to engage people, and so that was kind of hard. And then it was really, really hard to come back on November 1st, and it was me and the staff and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and a few other people. And then when they came, you started wearing masks, and good, rightly so, right? And so it's really hard to communicate with people wearing masks. And so again, you guys look great, but for those of you who are masked up, like I can only see your eyes. So I don't know if you're mad at me. I don't know if you're smiling, but, but I can actually see smiles. I can see smiles in your eyes. Yeah, there they are. All right, so that makes me feel a little better. But my point is, my job as a communicator is to also try and, try and help you, <laughs> help me, let me help you, help me, you know, to give me some energy, to give me some love, to, to, to talk back to me in a good way. Um, and, and, and so I, I finally got an image this week uh, that will help me explain what you are not supposed to do in church. Like this is, this is what you're not supposed to look like. And you'll notice that the chairs are our, our color chairs because I came in here this week and this mug was sitting in our worship center at Durham. And this, again, this is what you don't wanna do. And if you're online ever, you know this thing blew up this week. Here it is. This is what you don't do. Don't do this to me. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. And don't you dare start writing a political narrative because I showed that. Don't you dare. That thing is just blown up online. Bernie Sanders, grumpy, crouchy old Bernie Sanders. God bless him. If he showed up, I'd be glad he's here. Amen? Amen. Hey, um, so last week we kicked off a series called Hope is How. And uh, it's talking about the way in which we change the world is through hope. And um, I shared this quote at the end of last week, and if you were involved in one of the most popular parachurch ministries of all time when you were in college, you know this name. His name is Bill Bright, and he is the founder of Crew, or Campus Crusade for Christ. And here's the quote, and this is, you gotta, you gotta speak louder with a mask on. So read this out loud with me, ready, go. There is no higher calling or greater privilege known to man than being involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission. You guys sound fantastic. There is no 
higher calling or greater privilege than to help fulfill the great commission. From those of you who love God, can I get a hearty amen? There's nothing better. That is what this church is all about. Reach, teach, and release comes straight from the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and remember I am with you always. It's in there. Reach, teach, and release. Here's our mission, since this is a mission series. Here's our mission, and again, you read that so great. Keep bringing it with me today. Here we go. We're gonna read the part that starts with we exist. Second line down, ready? Go. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus, teach them to follow God's word, and release world changers. So, last week, R, reach. We exist to reach people with what? The hope of Jesus. This week, teach. Teach them to obey pop psychology. No, no, teach them to obey God's word. And so what we're gonna camp out on today is we as a church, we hit a bullseye when we keep the focus on reaching people for Jesus, teaching them to obey God's word. Next week, we'll do release. You don't wanna miss, I know you've probably heard, we got an awesome birthday party next week here at the church. But teach is what we want to talk about today. And maybe you have noticed, but we live in a day and age, do we not? We're seeing it unfold before our very eyes. We live in a day and age that is becoming increasingly pluralistic and subjective when it comes to any notion of truth. People aren't necessarily against truth these days. They're just against whatever truth you wanna have. And you can have your form of truth and I can have my form of truth. And in a postmodern, pluralistic, uh, subjective day, it doesn't matter if your truth is diametrically opposed to my truth. It doesn't matter because it's all about peace and love, baby. And truth is truth, whatever your truth is. And that is a dangerous, slippery slope that has our nation and the church, I believe, in deep water, which makes our calling as a church even more important because the truth is there is a truth and the truth is Jesus Christ and the truth is found in God's word. And as a church, you just need to know this about me and some of you are new and I think that's pretty cool too. We're seeing new people come to the church in a season like this and if you're new around here, you just need to know this about me. I don't really give a whatever <laughs> about being politically correct. I wanna be biblically correct. And so, so what I'm gonna do, listen, I ain't perfect. I put my pants on just like you, but here's what you can rest assured if you make this your church home. That old boy is gonna get up there every single Sunday and he's gonna have him spent lots of time in the word. He's gonna be on his face before God and he's gonna do his very best to preach the word of God. Because this is truth. And this book has radically changed my life. And so I've got, I've got this up here for you just to kind of, this is a special, a special thing to me because uh, one of my dearest friends, two of my dearest friends on the planet, uh, Mike and Fran Helpingstein, gave this to me for my birthday uh, in November. The old boy turned 50. Are you kidding me? How did that happen? And can you give me a little more love than that? 
I, I, I think that was a little, that was a little, that was a little awkward because I think you were like, dang. Homeboy done got old. Started this church when he was 31. What happened? I know. Um, Mike and Fran Helpingstein gave this to me on my birthday. We had, a, we had an executive team retreat and we were at the beach. And I love this. You, you know what this is, right? This is an hourglass. And what I do most mornings is I go to this little room that I have and um, I, got, I got a candle and I got a, a, a lighter and I leave my phone. I take old school Bible, call me old school if you want. I take my old school Bible, a pen and a highlighter. I flip this bad boy up and most days I stay until the sand runs through the hourglass. Now, I get up really early, um, kind of crazy, but most, most days, I don't do this by an alarm clock, it just happens. Most days, I get up about 4 a.m. And I'm just, I, I just this, is, this is sacred for me. So what I'm speaking to you is something that I live out and that I truly believe in. This book is God's word. It is God's living word. It is active the Bible says that it cuts and divides bones and, and marrow and sinews. It, see, this book, I not only read this book early in the morning when I'm doing this, check it out. This book reads me. And this book tells me how I should live. This book instructs me. And Jesus said in John's gospel, I will not leave you as an orphan or forsaken. And the Holy Spirit came. And one of the ways in which God also did not leave us is he left us his word. And so this is a church that is of the word. But again, as I look out at our culture as a pastor, I'm concerned. And I'm concerned because I believe Amos was right, the prophet Amos in the Old Testament. Maybe you've never heard this verse, but when Amos looked out at ancient Israel, they had kind of lost their way too. And he said it was because of a famine, a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. And it's at this time where I don't, I don't sit up here and you know, berate you and blame you that, that maybe you're not in the word enough and you might not be. But see, the truth is, I believe it's not just Christians' responsibility, it's also pastors like me. And what's unfortunate is that there are a lot of pastors and a lot of seminary professors who really also don't hold to the authority of this book anymore. In other words, I believe, if you will, the, the, the pew is a reflection of the pulpit. And so I believe that it's my responsibility to, to give you a diet of the word of God and to do my best to teach you. If you got your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 13 and 17. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Time out. You see that happening today? Absolutely. They will go on deceiving others and they themselves will be deceived. But you, everybody say you. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. I hope you can say that at this church. And I don't mean just me. Our awesome children's ministry staff, student ministry staff, life group leaders, and me, and anybody else who teaches from this stage. Look at this next part. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Show of hands. How many of you feel like you were taught the Bible? You grew up in a home where the word of the Lord was taught and you grew up in the church. Absolutely, absolutely. Can we just praise God for moms and dads and grandparents and children's ministry people who teach our children the word of the Lord? You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you what, church? Given you what? Wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. 
Now read this last part with me. Read this last part. Talking about all of scripture is inspired. Ready, go. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is and to make us realize what is right and wrong in our lives. And so here's the deal. If you haven't wrestled with this yet, there will come a time in your life, especially if you're new to the faith, I wanna invite you into a wrestling match. You're gonna have to wrestle with what you believe about this book. And the best way to wrestle with it is to get into it. But you're gonna have to decide, do I believe that that Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the inspired word of God or do I just believe it's just some kind of cool literature from thousands of years ago? Is it God's holy word? Is it the good book as the, the previous generations used to call it? Is it the good book that's different from any other literature or is it God's holy word? And I just must testify for just a moment and let you know that for me, it is God's holy word. It has changed my life. Second Timothy 4.3, just a chapter later, another great passage about the Bible. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, Get this image. To suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers. There it is. Not just, not just people in the pews, but it's teachers. To say what their itching ears want to hear, they will turn their ears away from the, from the what? From the truth and turn aside to myths. Here it is again. But you. Everybody say, but you. But you keep your head in all situations. I was 18 years old when a man came by and visited me and gave me my very first Bible. Wrecked my life. Changed me. Which is why I will spend all the days of my life studying and trying to understand and interpret and deliver this good book. You see, the Bible changes mean people to gracious people. The Bible changes greedy people to generous people. The Bible changes snobby people into missionaries among the poor. The Bible changes rich people, come on, to poor people, and poor people to rich people in Christ. The Bible takes prison inmates and changes them into ambassadors for Christ. The Bible changes negative people to positive people. Can I get an amen? amen. Check it out, I was thinking about this this week. When we say it's impossible, God says all things are possible, come on. When we say I'm too tired, God says I will give you rest. When we say nobody really loves me, God says I love you. When we say I can't go on, God says my grace is sufficient. When we say I can't figure things out, God says I will direct your steps. When we say I can't do it, God says, come on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we say I feel all alone, God says I will never leave or forsake you. When we say it's not worth it, God says it will be worth it. When we say I can't forgive myself, God says, I forgive you. When we say, I can't imagine how I can make it through this, God says, I will supply all your needs. When we say, I'm not smart enough, God says, I will give you wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1.30. When we say, I don't have enough faith, God says, I have given everyone a measure 
of faith. Our God is good, church. His word is good, church. And so I wanna introduce you to a wonderful saint of God. Her name is Wendy Hardy. She is from the Sanford campus. If you were here last week, you know that we had an amazing testimony life change story. We're kind of kicking it old school during this series instead of doing you know, videos, which we're gonna have an awesome video next week for Vision Day. But we decided, you know what? We're gonna go back old school and just kind of bring people on the stage who, who have had their lives changed by the ministries of this church. And uh, this, this saint of God is from uh, Sanford. Let me tell you where she was born. She was born in Greenville, North Carolina and raised in Pitt County. Anybody here from Pitt County? Hey, hey, woo! There's one, praise God. Oh, another one over here. Go Pitt County. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, she was raised by her parents, Sam and Allie Hardy. They still reside there. She's been blessed with five sisters, one nephew, four nieces. She graduated with a bachelor in chemistry. She is a brilliant woman of God uh, from East Carolina University and an MBA from Capella University. She is a scientist and she's the owner of Resurrected Properties in Sanford, North Carolina. Do what you do and give a warm welcome. Warm welcome to Wendy Hardy. Here we go. How you doing, sister? Great, how are you? Good, 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 good. Thanks for being here. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience. How in the world uh, did you find Sanford campus? And tell us about when you found it, because you found it at an interesting time. I found uh, the Sanford campus um, right before COVID. Really? Right before COVID, so it was- January, February what? February the 9th. Okay. So about a month before we sheltered in. Mm. So I got a chance to get a couple of services in, um, and then we had to go home. Wow, wow. And how did you find us? Well, <laughs> since I live in Sanford, I travel US 1 all the time. Yeah. So I drive past New Hope in Sanford, I know at least four or five times a day. Yeah. And what did, you, saw, you saw some crazy people out front, I heard. <laughs> I saw the Mickey hands. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey hands. Yeah. Man, that, we, we love our Mickey hands. Yes. And so that just kind of invited you in. Yes. You came, you came at a very interesting time. I love stories like this because it, it reminds me that while we were weeping and gnashing our teeth, or I was anyway, God was still reaching and teaching people. Yes. So you started coming and um, like Kimberly from last week, you took a step. Mm -hmm. You got involved in Rooted. Talk to us about that. Yes. So... Um I heard Pastor Josh talk about Rooted, and the next session was going to start up in May. So, of course, Corona visited us and is still here. So, our session got delayed. Instead of it being in May, it got pushed back to fall um, of th this past year. And there were, I would say, about 12 people in the class. There were Virtual or on campus? On, there on were about eight people uh, on campus and then four online. Sweet. So you can do both, whatever, whatever works for you. Yes. And um, what were your expectations? And guys, this is definitely a way to say to you, if you haven't done Rooted, you want to do Rooted. You're talking about being a place where you get taught the word of the Lord and you look at the whole of scripture. Now, the semester just closed. We announced it last week, but it'll be coming again in about, I don't know, 12, 13 weeks. But we have other life groups. I'll talk about that in a little bit. What was your preconceived notion 
as you went to this life group and what did you experience? I thought rooted was going to be, of course, learning the word, but I didn't know it was, I thought it was going to be, honestly, I didn't know if it was going to be that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I grew up, you know, how I grew up in church, um, there was some boredom related to church. No. Boredom in the church? (laughs) Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) So, um, let's see, let me make sure. Y'all, honestly, because how I grew up, some of the older ladies, how they beat you over the head with the Bible, I thought we were going to have like like a a chapter that we would talk about on a weekly basis. But, I mean, that's kind of sort of what we did, but we started in the beginning. Mm. And we started with Genesis about the creation and how God created this earth, all of this beauty, the animals, us, mm. and that we were designed to love each other and to help each other and to serve each other. And you just plowed all the way through Scripture. All the way that's through. What, that's what Rooted does, guys. And I was having a little tongue-in-cheek fun there with the whole boredom thing. But you got to know, like, one of the things we decided early on is that church should not be boredom. I believe it is the greatest sin in all the world to take the greatest news the world has ever known and bore people to death with it, right? The church should not be boring. And so you, you found something incredibly different and talk to us about your group and, and what y'all did and how you grew. Oh, I, I, I was in an awesome group. And uh, one thing I've said is I, I've been very happy and blessed that because of The way things are happening today Mm. in this world is that there were about 12 of us. Mm. And of, you know, normally it's women outnumber men when it comes to salvation um, and going to church and getting help. And I have to say, it was a balance. Good. Come on, give it up for the men. Give it up for the men. What she's saying is historically, and y'all know this is true, and thank God for the women, right? Where would the church be without the women, right? But there's usually more women involved than men, and I love the fact that we have men of God mm-hmm. here who are growing in their faith as yes. well. Yes. So talk to me about the group. What did you guys, uh, uh, you, you, you went out and you, really, you made a difference. You went from the seats to the streets, as I like to say. Yes, so um, normally, you know, you go out, you... When you're talking about community, you would like to help the community going outside of the church. But because of COVID, one of our, um, our members of the group, Rooted Group, husband and her just bought a house. Hmm. While he was in the bathroom, he fell through the floor and he got hurt. And you know, when you're putting out your money to buy a house, You're moving in your house and you may not have a whole lot of money to do a whole lot of different things when they happen and you're hoping your house is fine. Well, he fell through the floor. Through the floor of the bathroom. Through the floor of the bathroom and got hurt. Um, So her name is Kayla. She has four children, beautiful family, husband. And instead of us going out outside of the church, we became more of a community in our group. And we went to Kayla and her husband's house to help them put that back together. So right now they have a new bathroom. The walls are painted, new baseboard, new carpet. Because of this rooted because group. Because of this rooted and he's group. okay, right? He is okay. Is there anybody, I gotta check that before I check with it. Is there anybody who thinks it's, it's like I wanna know more. 
how, how, how'd he fall through the floor of the bathroom? Was he in the bathtub? Was he, I'm gonna stop. You know, I, that's where my mind goes. That's just a strange story. You know, he was, he, who, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Benji, stop right now. Um, okay, so, uh, and then the story really gets good yes. because God used you guys in this family's life. Yes. And so God used us in this family's life. The children are fine. The husband's fine. The house is back together. Mm. Everybody likes to live in a whole house, not a piece of a Everybody house. Everybody wants the bathroom to not have a oh, hole in the floor. Yes, yeah. not a hole in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, 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 the wife was so moved by this and the husband came to the church and tell us what happened. So one Sunday there was baptismal and there were four people that were gonna be baptized. But on the, and I'm a first contact person, and on the way in, somebody else said, I want to be baptized too. So there ended up being five. Yeah. So y'all, it was cold. It mm. was cold, like just about like today. And um, the five people got baptized, but Kayla, one of my team, you know, one of my uh, people from Rooted, she got baptized that Sunday. And um, she was so happy. And, you know, I remember her, everybody saying, well, do you still want to get baptized? It's cold. Yeah, she yeah. says, like, well, I'm going through. I said I was going to do it. She went through it. Yeah. And her husband was standing off to the side. The one who fell through the floor. Yes. He wasn't ready to get baptized yet. No, he wasn't ready to get baptized, but he, he was there. And I, I was looking at him. He was just in amaze, amazement wow. just seeing his wife. And he was so happy to see his wife get baptized. Wow. And he was one, he's one of those persons that said, I'm not going to church. Mm. I'm not going to church. I don't like the way things have gone. It's bored. Yes. People don't yes. love you. People don't help you. Yes. And t I'm telling you, he's, he comes to church. Come on, he loves man. his family. Awesome. He loves his kids. That's awesome. See guys, when we, when we get out into the community and we make a difference, it just breaks down all kinds of barriers and walls. Last thing, um, it's been a hard season and a lot of people have felt alone. Mental illnesses skyrocketed, depression has skyrocketed, suicide has gone up. Um, people are lonely and they're mm -hmm. isolated. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about you and how you found community through this experience. So um, I found community through this group where a couple years back, September 2014, I was in the kitchen cooking, just enjoying what I was doing. And my husband came upstairs and said, Wendy, I was feeling bad, but I'm up here with you. I feel fine. And I'm going to go downstairs. So like I said, normally when he says I'm going downstairs, he's going down to watch TV, martial arts, Western shows, something like that my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, when I was cooking, I happened to be looking out the window and I saw one of my neighbors come out of the neighborhood, but he slowed down and he was looking at my house. And I'm like, why is he looking at my house? Um, and I knew my husband had gone downstairs, but I ran, I dropped everything and I went downstairs. I went outside. I didn't see him sitting downstairs. So I went outside and he was laying on the driveway. Mm. He had died of a heart attack. Mm. And you could tell he was trying to make his way back into the house because his feet were turned towards the garage. Mm. And he never made it back in the house. And he died right there on the driveway. Wow. So you're, you're still 
processing, grieving, reeling from that. Yes. You step into the New Hope Sanford yes. campus. Yes. You experience the joy of the Lord. Yes. You experience people welcoming mm-hmm. you, celebrating you, and you found community and being grounded yes. in the Word of God. New Hope is really a community church. And I thought I was looking for a church, you know, yeah. like the tradition. Yeah. But that's not what I found. I found, actually found a community, a place wow. where I belong. Wow. <laughs> Come on. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yes. What a great story. Everybody say needed. needed. Everybody say known. known. Everybody say needed and known. Needed. The, the vision of this church is that we will be a community of faith. Listen, where every single one of you will realize you are needed in the family of God. And not only are you needed, but we want to create a community where you are known. You are known deeply. You are known intimately. And that will never happen on a Sunday. It can happen some, but it happens in life groups where we get grounded in the word of the Lord. We just got to celebrate Wendy. You want to celebrate a few more things that happened in 2020? You want to celebrate a few more ways in which teach, the teach component of our mission came to life even in a global pandemic. Here you go. 212 members joined New Hope Church in 2020. 212. Come on. With us not even having church on site. 427 rooted graduates. That's amazing. 407 rooted graduates. 86 life groups found the kind of community that Wendy's talking about. 806 people in Life groups, 398 students ministered through the Easter home kits, 745 preschool and elementary kids ministered through those same Easter kits, and a grand total of being taught, teaching folks, 5,113 people at Easter, and we didn't even have Easter at a campus. Come on, church. So what I want to do today, just in closing... I want to wrap up with some applications. Some of you are just very application-oriented, and we should be, right? We should always be asking ourselves, hey, what am I to do with this? When I tell you about reading the Word in the morning, I'm normally thinking context. I'm normally thinking what the Scriptures just say face value, but then I'm always asking myself, what do I do with this? Let me give you a couple points of application as we wrap up today. Number one, attend and engage in Sunday worship weekly with the word of God in hand. With the word of God in hand. I'm still a little old school. Now there's nothing wrong with just looking at, looking at your phone for your Bible or an iPad and those kinds of things. But man, there's something very powerful too about holding the word of God in your hand. Leather bound scriptures, study Bible, all those kinds of things. Highlighting, writing in the text, all those kinds of things. But I really want to encourage you As we step into a new year, here we are, 2021. Here we come, ready or not. I want to encourage you to attend weekly. And I need to camp out there for a moment because studies are showing us that more and more Christians are only kind of taking in a church celebration, a church service about once a month. That worries me. Can I speak to you just for a moment as a pastor? That worries me 
I look out at the spiritual landscape of the United States of America and even the world in general, and I'm deeply concerned. And so I'll celebrate the fact, as I said, you guys are coming back. This is awesome. But why not see Sundays as a day that you have an appointment, not with Benji, but with God? And you are in a church, or if you worship online, you're still not ready. Again, that's perfectly fine. You engage it online. Like, you set your clock. You get up for church. Here's an idea. You get dressed. People will send me pictures. I get them all the time. All you see is their slippers, right? Thankfully, that's all you see. But their slippers, you know, they, and that's fine. You might be in your slippers right now. That's good. But, but, but take it seriously. Here's an idea. Get up as if you were going to church. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. You'll probably engage the experience better. Have an appointment with your family in the family room where you're gathered around the TV and you worship God, look at what Psalm 122, one says. Come on, church, read it out loud with me really strong. Go. I was glad when they said to us, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25. Let us hold, I love this word, unswervingly to the what? Hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Here it is. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm worried. Just hear the heart of a pastor. I'm worried. My tribe, you guys know I'm in a tribe, about 15 pastors lead large churches around the nation. We get together twice a year. We meet like in a hotel. We don't do many big conferences anymore. We just meet in a hotel. We sharpen one another. And we did a, we did a survey. We surveyed 8,000 congregants, 8,000 people who go to church. Did it mid-year last year. So we were right in the, the heart of COVID. And we found that 34, 35% of the people who were regularly attending church prior to COVID we're not doing anything anymore. Not even online. That, that really worries me because I believe this stuff that I try to talk to you about on a regular basis. I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through Jesus. I believe this book is the word of the living God, and I believe the church is the hope of the world. And so I'm worried but let us get to church online or in person and ideally in person. How often church? How often? Weekly. With what? The word of God in my hand. Number two, join a life group. Join a life group. I won't take much time on this, but just let me just, you, you hear me say it from time to time. You can't get in rooted for about another 12, 13 weeks or so, whatever. I think it'll be like late spring, early summer semester. That's fine if you want to wait for that. But if you're sitting here and you're like, I want to go ahead and get into a life group. All you gotta do is take out your phone right now. I'll assume you're doing the best. You're, you're, you're doing that. You're not making reservations at Conkey. Man, I could kill some sushi right now. Lord, <laughs> glory to God. Now I'm thinking about some wasabi and Soy sauce and smoked salmon. Glory to God, I am digressing big time. Now, the sushi restaurants are gonna go up around here. How many of you are sushi people? Come on, sushi people? My people, my people. 
That's, 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 how, that's how they eat fish in the, in the New Testament. They catch them and eat them on the shores. Text, get connected, grab your phone, get connected to 59769. And we'll get you in a life group. 59769. Acts 2, you know this Pentecost passage. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' what? Teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Wonders and signs were performed. Listen to this. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. This is what Wendy's group just did. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They went out, they met these folks' needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, temple courts, large group worship in their homes, life groups. That's the model we follow. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of God. And what did the Lord do? Added to their number daily those who were being saved. First, attend worship weekly with word in hand. Second, join a life group. Third and lastly, here it is, become a financial giver and contributor. Become a financial giver and contributor. Why? Because when we do, practically speaking, women and men like Wendy are being taught the word of God and lives are being changed. Can I get an amen? Come on, when we do, precious young children are being discipled in the way of the Lord. Teenagers in the tricky season of adolescence, right, are being grounded in the word. People in foreign lands in our Hope Center in Kenya, our Kenya campus, Guatemala, all these places we do missions, they're being taught the word of the Lord. Because of you, we're able to have robust, powerful internet ministries where we're reaching thousands and thousands of people where the word of God is going forth. And the prophet Isaiah said, my word will not come back void, but it will accomplish the mission for which I sent it. So I wanna talk to you. And again, I won't make it painful. I'm not gonna twist your arm. I'm not gonna try to manipulate you. But I wanna invite you to be a financial contributor to the mission of reach, teach, and release. And when I talk about money, sometimes it gets a little tense in here and there's no need to, there's no need to let it get tense today. The church is a very spiritual thing, but it's also a very practical thing. So last week I looked at that verse with you, Malachi 3. You remember that? Where the Bible says, bring the whole what? Tithe into the storehouse, right? That there may be, remember I camped out on this last week, there may be what? Food up in my house. And I asked this question last week. Is there food? Is there food in the New Hope storehouse? It's a good question for you to ask. And then it says this, test me in this, says the Lord oh God, God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. And so I'm inviting you to engage in giving because some of us have stopped. And I got a lot of great conversations last week and some throughout the week. Some folks that deeply care about this church uh, said, well, how are we doing? Like, man, COVID's been tough. How are we really doing as a church? Businesses are closing, restaurants are closing. I see some churches closing. How are we doing? And, and it hit me that I should share with you a little bit about how we're doing as a church. I will not make this painful. I'll move through it pretty quickly. But you are the shareholders of this church. Because of your generosity, 
we're able to keep reaching and teaching and releasing in the world for Christ, which gives me a chance to say thank you. At all, yeah, thank you for thanking those. For, at all the campuses, like from the heart of your senior pastor, thank you. Eternity is being changed. Lives are being changed. Souls are being saved. Thank you. And just because I'm about to share some reality with you, don't let that, don't let that shade the moment. This church is amazingly generous, even in 2020. But here's, here's kind of, for those of you who like this kind of stuff, unique givers, Unique givers, between January and June, we had 2,368. You'll notice between July and December, that dropped by 632 people to 1,736. That's a, that's a pretty significant drop in givers in, in a year. Number of gifts, 19,000 gifts January to June. That dropped by 2,845 gifts to 16,280. Now we've traced it back and we've, we've come to realize that most of that has happened because we weren't meeting on site and we weren't passing a basket. And even to this day, we're not passing a basket on Sundays. And we know a lot of you still gave that way. Really quick, moving along. Again, I'm, I'm a, some of you wanna go get some sushi or something. I'm gonna move on. That would be me. If you like trend lines, here we go. There's a trend line. Notice the top line is the number of gifts. The bottom line is unique givers. But what's it doing? Moving to the right and trending down, right? Now, New Hope has always been a church that moves to the right and does what? Goes up. So it's, it's been a challenging year for us. And then one more slide, you'll notice that uh, we... We started out in January and February, man. We were, we were doing what we do and, and just New Hope was kind of staying true to what we've been doing for 19 years. Um, but notice, notice the dip in March. Well, that's when COVID happened. And that's when we ended up moving the church offsite, stayed flatline, and as this thing continued to drag on, we're starting to see the trend that you just saw with the trend line. And you're seeing that if, the longer it drags on, the harder it is for the church. But I believe, come on now, I believe that God's growing it back even as we speak. I believe new hopers are going to respond and get back to the house of the Lord. And so I would just encourage you, I would encourage you to do everything you can possibly do to get involved. Thank you for what you've done during the hardest year of this church's existence. But we are going to see this church rally and we're going to see, and moreover, we're gonna be a part of God being able to use us to grow this church out of a horrific year. Why? Because we believe people matter to God. And because people matter to God, what? They, you got it. They matter to us. And we live not just for today. Come on, church. We live with an eternal perspective. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so we store up treasures in heaven. We advance the kingdom of God, and we know that God will get the glory. C.S. Lewis put it like this. I love this quote. Aim at heaven, and earth will get thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither.
Thanks be to God that you are a part of the church and you online. And we together are impacting eternity. How? Hope is how. If you receive it, come on, let me hear you. Celebrate and praise the Lord today. Looks like my message was about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more. I need need to have this up here on a regular basis. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Wow, thank you for a church that celebrates and responds and has responded so generously in a difficult year. Father, would you bless the givers in this house? Would you bless every single person at every single campus, those who are online, who have enabled us to weather a storm and a season, God, that we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Father, I pray for those churches that are struggling, those churches that aren't making it. God, would you infuse in them fresh wind and fresh fire to advance your kingdom? And God, would you keep using us to reach, teach, and release to the glory and the honor of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is unto that end, O oh God, that we press, we strive, and we give. In Jesus' name, amen.